I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this is a Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Well, welcome to 2021, everybody. Yeah, welcome. It's been quite a year so far. Oh yeah. Happy New Year to everyone. We have been playing board games pretty much every day the past two weeks, so we have a lot to talk about and a lot of new games to talk about that we're really excited to share. So we've decided to break up this podcast into a new place part one and then a new place part two will be the next episode just because it was a lot and we wanted to kind of we wanted to go into detail with these games so we figured it would probably be best to break it up a little bit right normally they'd fall in our recent plays category but since they're new to us we wanted to talk about them in more depth right so. and, and while everything is technically a recent play because that's all we've really been doing we're still going to talk about recent plays that were not new to us as well. Right. Because, again, we've been playing new games, old games, all the games. So be ready. We're excited. Yeah. Hope you enjoy. We hope everybody had a great holiday and break nice kind of time to just not hopefully do as much slow down a little bit but we really enjoyed this was kind of like our first Christmas where we truly gave each other games for Christmas kind of yeah well the I think it was the first one I've given you games yes that's definitely true because last year any year before this I wasn't as into the gaming world as I am now so this year I truly did have games that I did want that were on my list. So that was kind of a that was a change up. Normally it's the other way around, but then really I don't I wouldn't even really get Zach games because he would know like where to go and find them better than I would. So I just kind of stayed out of it and let him just order whatever games he wanted for himself. Yeah, got to got to know where to hunt down the deals and Things like that. Yeah, I would have ended up probably spending more money. Oops. Yeah. But it's all good. We ended up with a lot of good games. I think we took like a picture of the tower of board games that we got. And we're expecting a few more tomorrow, I think, is when they're supposed to come in. Yeah, there's several were delayed with shipping and yeah, they, even games that we ordered on like Black Friday. Yeah, this the ones that are coming tomorrow were Black Friday purchases and... But, you know, it's understandable, and with COVID and with the holiday, and I think it's like a small, it's Bordlandia, and they said they were like a eight-person operation, and now they're like a 16-person operation, and, yeah. Exploding company. Yeah, so, it's all good. They gave us a good deal, so I'm not mad. Yeah, so we're excited, because we just got all these new games, and have played almost, we did play all of them. And then now we're going to get more. So it's like just Christmas just keeps going. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Just keeps on going. But let's get things started off like we normally do with our recent plays. And these are going to be ones that we've played before and kind of talked about before. But we played them, so we're going to talk about them. Okay. Well, we have an update on Marvel Champions, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Michelle has played her first game of Marvel Champions. Yep, and I didn't completely dislike it. Yeah? <laughs> I didn't, like, love it like you do, 
play it, you know, 200 times in a year. Yeah. But it it was okay. I just don't know. I know we played the easier difficulty level. We played the easier difficulty level when we played probably the easiest scenario. It felt really easy. Yeah. Like, it felt like I hardly had to do anything to kill each villain or whatever. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, so we played, you know, if you've, we were, do you remember who your superhero was? What character you were? We played this like two weeks ago, so, um, oh yeah, 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 I was Captain Marvel. Yeah, you were Captain Marvel, I was Spider-Man, and you were the, in, in Marvel Champions you can pick like an aspect, and there's four aspects, there's aggression, protection, justice, and leadership, you were aggressive that's why you were doing all the damage and attacking Mm -hmm. and i was protection and um you know i was blocking some of the hits coming your way and things like that but yeah i i it was the my first time to play with not solo so uh, a lot of people play two-handed solo but that's probably like my least favorite thing to do like there's a lot of solo games where you can do that but games like Spirit Island Marvel Champions where there's a lot to keep track of it just it's too much work for me and so I I typically just play it solo but it was nice playing it two hand or playing two players because you got that kind of you know I could block for you and things I did, like that I did like that it was cooperative so in a game where I really don't care about the theme all that much I'm glad it's cooperative because I feel like I'd be even less into it if we were going against each other. Yeah, like Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah, because we it's a game that's similar to Game of Thrones card game, which was in my top ten. And of, like, top ten oh, of all yeah, time. Yeah, I have played that. Yeah, because I made you a deck. and yeah. <laughs> um, But it's a game similar to that where there's a lot of, like, card text and things like that and... You said you, when we were playing it, you didn't like re- reading cards. That I didn't like. That's all you do. That is all you do. You play cards too. That's the same thing. It's just I mean, reading. Yeah, card. tilt them and you know exhaust them and things yeah, like that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, we'll have to. Matt and Sarah were playing tonight. He took he took a picture and sent it to me. So we'll have to get an update from them too to see if uh, how she liked it. We need to do a joint episode. We need to have we need to have them on again. Have them on again. Yeah, and compare our thoughts on Marvel Champions. You and Matt, me and Sarah. Yeah. I think that'd be a solid. I don't know when that that would definitely be a. A topic maybe. Yeah, and we could all play four player too. What? Yeah. Can you play that one virtually? Hmm. You could probably play it on, like, Tabletop Simulator. I don't know if you can play it. On camera? It'd be really hard to play on camera, I would think. Not impossible. I'll think about it. To be determined. Okay. But, that's Marvel Champions. Y'all know I've been playing it a lot, and Michelle finally got her first game in. I did. That was my, one of the goals for the end of... 2020 was to make sure I played Marvel Champions or Spirit Island, and I only got Marvel Champions in. Yeah. Spirit Island hasn't happened yet. I think you'll like Spirit Island more, because there's more... There's a board, and there's 
more than just cards. See, now I feel like Tidal Blades has filled my spirit island, like has filled that void. (laughs) They're not similar. (laughs) The themes are similar, though. No, they're not. They're islands, I guess, but... The ocean, islands, beach. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see, we'll see. I think you'll change your mind, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But So what else have we been playing that's, I guess, not new, since we're going to cover that in a little bit? Not new. We have been playing a lot of, well, I guess in general, I feel like we've played a lot of tile placement, polyomino t- style games. Like Isle of Cats? Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. We played Isle of Cats once, and it was fun. Yes, the lessons were super important during our game of Isle of Cats. Yeah, time. and the lessons are basically the scoring Object- cards. Yeah, yeah. Objectives. Yeah, and some of them are private, some of them are public, and I went with, and you, so that's how you score points. You also score points for groups of cats on your boat, and I went all in on, like, one super big group of cats, and it got me a lot of points, but it didn't, I still lost, by I think, by, like, nine or ten points. Yeah, I went more for a variety of colors of cats and just had... Anywhere from four to six colors of each family of cats. And that went pretty pretty good, but what really helped were my objective cards because I had several that compounded the colors of cats that I was aiming for. So because I had like six purple cats in that family, it got me like seven or eight more points. I had another one that was like that too for a different color, I think. Maybe it was Edge of the Boat or something. Might have been one of those. And I was going for a big group of green cats. And I also was drawing a bunch of the public objectives. And so, and it let me pick which color they kind of triggered off of. And I always picked green because I was going for green. But then you were also getting points for those cards too. Right. So, yeah, I kind of... Yeah, there are, like you said, the public versus private lessons, which are the objectives. I had all private ones. I didn't have I never drew a public one. Yeah. Which and there's there's a way you can play it where you draft the card instead of draw it. We just we typically just draw off the top to make the game go by a little faster. So it's not like a long game. I really but, do like the length of Isle of Cats. It's yeah. Like, it's like the perfect I don't know. Like, like it's not hours long yeah but it's cool i like isle of cats i i like it more than i thought i would to be honest yes isle of cats was a game i really wanted for my birthday last fall so that was what my present was yeah the whole year of giving board, board games. games it's like your dream come true for buying gifts it's true we also had to get another shelf oh yes yeah. to house all these games partially for us partially for our two-year-old yeah it houses his toys as well in the bottom row (laughs) but yeah so but that was isle of cats we also played tiny towns that's has to do with like spatial puzzliness yes i'm i love tiny towns but i'm horrible at it (laughs) i'm just i never win this game i did good at isle of cats you did but tiny towns i just i don't see enough into the future 
I think, about building the buildings because as you in tiny towns you have different resources that create certain buildings and you have a four by four grid that you're placing these resources on so if I place a wood and then a wheat and a glass that might build my cottage mm-hmm. I think it's brick actually yeah it is but but okay. you have to place them in a certain Tetris style pattern right. depending on the building and there's there's like seven different types of buildings per game and so and they all score points differently so you're trying to come up with the best way to do it but you and your opponent are calling out resources to go on the map and you have to place whatever you call out and you have to place whatever your opponent calls out and so it goes back and forth like that and so what's common is I'll call out a resource that Michelle doesn't need. And then so she'll have to place it somewhere and hope that she can build a building out of it eventually. Or or it's just going to be worth negative points because there'll be an empty place in her town. Yeah, this game sounds like it's gonna going to be like a nice, peaceful game night. No, it's like really stressful. Tiny yeah. Towns is a very stressful game. This is one of the first ones that you kind of pointed out to me and it was before you were into board games i don't know where you saw it on like facebook or i just came across something it looked really it looked really cute it has a really pretty board game box and it just looked like oh you place these resources and then you build these buildings that looks like a really like i could totally do that I mean, I can, I do. It's I'm just really bad at it, and you know, I get stressed out about it. But then I still like it, so it's it's like this. I don't know, contradicting game. Yeah, which, so let me ask you this: When you play it, when we play it, do you look at my board, or much, or sometimes, but not all the time? Okay, because I always you, I always think it's funny because you get frustrated every time I call something. But I always look at your board, and I'm like, well, she's not going to call this resource because she has a bunch of them on her board already. So, I do that to some extent, but probably not as much as I should. Mm. Gotcha. Because I'm also trying to read all the building cards, see what they do again, and plan. Yeah. I don't don't know. I like Tiny Towns. It's a good good one. I still like it, and I like to play, even though I just lose. Yeah, this one would be good for virtual. I don't know if we talked about that on the last, on the episode we did that. No, we didn't, but it, yeah, it would be a really good yeah. virtual game. I just don't think we have, I don't think we have any friends that have it. No, I don't think so either. But no. it's a good one. Yeah, there's an expansion for it too. I'm debating on whether I want to look into it or not. Do we already have one expansion? We have one expansion. And they came out with a new one back in November. But I don't know what it adds or anything like that. So I'm going to do a little research before I buy it. It it needs a wild resource. Yeah. Because that's the one thing I think it's missing. There's never a wild option or there's not much flexibility in this game. Yeah, I guess they need to add something where it's more flexible. I'm just thinking a wild resource. It's like, why wouldn't you just call that every time? Or like a card or some sort of building that you build and then you can 
turnip wild. I know there's a few of those. There are a few of them. But there's it's one like that you counts, have to it? turn it into this one blank resource. It's not like any resource. You just have to turn it into. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I got, like I said, I got to look at what this new one adds. The, the one we have, it has the coins, which you can use a coin to change a resource. To change, yeah. It adds a little bit more flexibility. But the coins are kind of hard to come by. Yeah. So. But that's Tiny Towns. We also played another cute little animal game. Animal game. Everdell. Everdell. And Michelle has a love-hate relationship with Everdell. It's on the love side lately. Yeah. You won this last time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked that we could pick the winter boards. <laughs> so we had our little snow fields. And then we picked Christmas colored meeples just for fun to make it feel more. Red and green. Holiday. Because there aren't, you know, we've talked before about how there aren't a ton of Christmas board games out there that are well known or worth the money i would say but yeah. i like that you can kind of make everdell feel christmassy but then you can also make it feel like whatever Pauly. season yeah it's it's a good seasonal game it's like welcome yeah, to that's true i really like that and I, I mean that might be too because we have all the maples possible yeah because you have all that's that's true too and they have a um word on the street is that they're uh about to do another kickstarter for the final expansion so i'm interested to see what that'll be but we'll see how that goes i know i talk about expansions a lot but um anyways if you never heard us talk about everdale it's the it's a game it has this big beautiful tree it's worker placement but you're also building like a little town in front of you yeah it's like a woodland town i would say so you build this town with cards and to create these certain cards, uh, you have to have resources. Berries, lumber, the amber, stone, to create your, you know, courthouse. And then you can add your judge or to create your, they have all sorts of things. There's like palace and queens and kings. Right, and if you build the building, you can get the worker for Free. Free basically the the like the courthouse and the judge or the king and the palace no build the palace the, the first castle. and you get the one queen. goes with the queen one goes with the king i don't know yeah but no it's it's a lot of fun um there's always more i want to do like you can't do everything in it no it's it definitely you have to pick a focus on one certain track and try and try to stay on that path the best that you that you can the one thing that we don't like are the wonders though yes so one of the expansions came with these wonders which are these buildings basically that you they take a lot of resources to build and if you don't build one you're going to lose because they're just worth that many points to where if someone goes for that, those buildings and you don't, then you don't have a chance. And we've, we kind of talked about how we don't, we like to have options when we play games. Like if, if I don't want to, you know, mess with that aspect of the game, then I should still be able to win the game. Right. It just gives too much weight to one 
small part of the game. Right. And then you feel obligated to go for it, even though there's so many other things you would rather be doing. So it just, it wasn't as fun for us to play with the Wonders. It's honestly, to me, it reminds me of playing with the Blueprint in Dino Island. Yeah, that's, I was honestly thinking about that too, because we, we played that um, recently. But yeah, in Dino Island, you're building a dinosaur park, but the Blueprints tell you where to put things. So it says you need, you know, a roller coaster here, a, a food food truck here or whatever. So you don't really get to decide what to go for and where to put it. But if you don't follow your blueprint, you're going to lose because the blueprints are worth a lot of points. Yeah, they're worth a huge amount of points at the end of the game. So you feel like you have to, even though if you not necessarily didn't want to have a dinosaur there, or maybe you wanted more than two dinosaurs and your blueprint only called for two. So I, yeah, we've decided we don't want to play with blueprints anymore on Dino Island. Kind of just like Everdell with not wanting to use the Wonders I can't remember what part of the expansion is. are the Wonders. What do they go uh, with? They go with the Pearl Brook because they require pearls, okay. I want to say, to build it. Okay. And, yeah, we love all the expansions with Pearl Brook and Spirecrest. Belfair. You all know. I mean, maybe not. I personally think Belfair should have just been with the game Everdell. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Someone on, I think it was Facebook, was they asked, hey, um... I just picked up Everdell and we like it. Which expansion should I get? And I was going through the comments and it was so funny how how diverse the answers were. With people were like, Spirecrest is Spirecrest was mostly what people said. Spirecrest was the best. Pearlbrook was good. Belfair, take it or leave it. You know, but me and you were like, Spirecrest is really good. Belfair, we think should have been. In the game. It just doesn't even feel like an expansion. Well, it's... It's such a... It's a lame expansion. It should have just been part of the game. That's how I feel about it. Well, so it adds the player powers. And it adds the market. Which I think, you know, the original... When they set out on the game, they were like, well, let's, let's make it friendly to approach. Yeah. You know? And so it's... Base Everdale, it's pretty friendly to approach, I would say. You know, you you place your worker or you play a card on your turn. You can only have 15 cards in your city, blah, blah, blah. This adds like, okay, well, now your workers have abilities. Which help you and make it better and give you options. And yeah. Make it easier and more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, you know. And they give you your actual personal board, which <laughs> makes it feel like a board game. I guess. And not a card game. I know. Well, some people some people take or leave the little boards they give you because it's just it's just an aesthetic. It's It is an aesthetics thing, but it's an experience part of it. Yeah. I know. I we know. couldn't have had winter with our You're right. We, it wouldn't have been winter without that board without those boards. <laughs> but But yeah, that's Everdale. It's a fun one. I'm looking it forward is. to seeing what their latest expansion will add to. So. I'm sure we'll end up with it. We'll probably will. Unless it just is a complete flop or something. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I bet they'll do like a like a, a box to house everything too. Which sucks though because we just bought the folded space. So I gotta look into that. <sighs> no, no. Wait, they it's would do a whole new box? Like they do like a collector's box where it fits everything in it. 
man. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. They need to make the folded space still work with that. <laughs> well, I think what folded space does is... They take that. They take the made. box, and yeah. But if... Yeah. Because Everdell doesn't know anything to folded, folded space, space, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But... Say lovey. But those are our recent plays, at least the not new ones. Yeah, right. The not new ones that we're focusing on this week. We'll have to keep you guys updated on. We have others, honestly, but we were trying to not make this podcast episode four hours long. Yeah. So, So, (laughs) but we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Then stick around. We're going to talk about our new plays, part one. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to talk about our new plays, part one. So, where do you want to start? Well, first, these all include... These are basically all of our Christmas games. So, we've split them up into two different parts for podcasts to help space it out. And we're going to talk about four tonight. So, I think I wanted to see, well, out of the four that we decided on... Which one was your favorite? Oh, that's tough. It's between two of them. I'm going to go with My City. Okay, My City. Yes, My City. This one was given to me by one of my um, board game groups, Secret Santa Exchanges. And it's a polyomino game where you're building your city. You're flipping a card, and you have to, and it, the card has a building, and these buildings are polyominoes, which are like Tetris pieces, and you have to place it next to an existing building, or if it's your first building, it has to go along the river, and basically you're trying to group these buildings by color, you're trying to cover up blank spaces and rocks, but you're trying to leave trees open because trees score you points, and this is a neat game because it's actually a legacy game as well there are i think 24 episodes there's eight chapters with three episodes in each chapter and each episode basically adds another scoring condition and you're putting stickers on your board based on whether you win or lose and at the end of the game you're supposed to tally up how many how many God, I forgot the right word, but the basically legacy points. How many legacy points did you score throughout the whole campaign? And it's neat. But when you're done, you can flip the board over, and they have what's called the Eternal game, which is the one you don't put stickers on or mess up, so you can play it after you're done. Yes, and one one kind of, I don't know, bigger thing about this game, too, is that there are light green spaces and dark green spaces. And as you're building your city, you have to stay out of the dark green spaces. Right. And you also cannot ever cross your river. Right. With a... Single building. Single building. So you there's a lot of different things that you have to avoid as you're trying to place these tiles together. And you also have to watch out like he said for the rocks like you're trying to make sure those are all covered 
and then there's certain trees and there's some spaces that even have two trees on them so you really want to leave those uncovered sometimes it doesn't work out though and there's like you're like there's no way i have to get this red building here to try and score these points so you kind of have to see well, what are you going to give and take it this game reminds me a lot of isle of cats but i th i think it's a little harder yeah, that was uh, my question. I was going to ask you is how do you think it compares to Alicats? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely thinking. I do think they're they're similar. There's just more that you have to like avoid in this game. And Isle of Cats, you just have the whole ship, and you're trying to cover all of it. So you're not really avoiding anything at all. You're just trying to cover everything possible. But in my city. And then it changes, too, with the stickers, because then from each game that we've played so far, we've added stickers. Sometimes you've added a sticker. Usually, if you win... If you win, you have to add something harder. that's going to make your game harder. If you lose, you add something that will hopefully make your game easier. Uh, yes. And there was one game where we both had to add the well. Yeah, that's, that's one of the spoilers. But um, oh. one of the legacy elements is you add a well and adds another scoring condition and yeah yeah why do you think we wait so let me see let me take a step back first we've played how many episodes six episodes okay why do you think you started off so good and then you like honestly i think <laughs> i blame the the well <laughs> blame the added like the more uh, i guess complexity that added to it because i was like oh this this well i'm gonna try to score these points from this thing and it distracted me from doing what i was doing that was successful in the first place which was just covering my rocks and covering my empty spaces and making it fit all tetris like yes because this this game has a ton of opportunity for negative points yes you lose points really easily and really quickly if you don't cover your light green spaces. Because what was your score the last No, <laughs> it wasn't. First off, it wasn't the last game of the chapter. But I ended with negative one points. <laughs> yeah, it was really sad. It was very sad. Because I had like 34. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I was doing really well in the beginning. Like, I felt like I was almost worried that you weren't going to like the game because I was like, oh, man, I won the first two games. I hope she still likes this, <laughs> you know? I like it. It's a, it's not as stressful as Tiny Towns, so that's for sure. I feel like I have more control over what I'm doing. Yeah. I like that you just draw the card off the deck. Yeah, there is. We should explain that. So the how you know that you're supposed to place each building is by a deck of cards yeah. and each building is on the cards and you just draw it and it's random each time and you just go through the whole deck every episode yeah and you can you can though at the very at the end when you're getting close to filling your city you can opt to say like i'm done it's full because the second that that card is drawn you have to place or you lose points yeah so like michelle was saying you have to place the city, or you have to place the building, or you can say, I'm going to pat, or I'm going to not build that building, and you take a point hit. And um, that was honestly 
hurting me because I was like, okay, I need this specific building. And you know what buildings are going to come up because you, you have all the buildings that are possible in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I need this building to come up. And so in my head, I was like, okay, this building comes up, I'm building it, and then I'm done. And then we flip four cards before I see that building, and I'm taking a hit each time. And I'm like, well, I, at this point, I don't want to take, I don't want to end my city because then I'll, I'll miss out these points, or I won't score these points, and I'm going to get negative points because there's blank spaces. And yeah. so it's just, yeah. <laughs> but my, I really like it so far. I do too, and it's a really good legacy game for two people. Yes. And there are, there are others too. Like I know, um, depending on your taste, like people say the Gloomhaven is really good for, you know, it's a really good legacy game for two people, but you're not into that, and which is fine. And Pandemic Legacy, we started that with Matt and Sarah, and so we we kind of don't want to go on and, until they can too. Oh, this with season two that we have? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have season two, and they just came out with season zero, which looks good, too. But, um, so, and then Charterstone as well, which, but I've heard Charterstone's not great at two. And so, my city, it's, I feel like it's a really good couples. Oh, yeah, I would for surely recommend this one for couples it's because it's also they each episode plays really quickly like we played two or three episodes on new year's eve yeah in a couple hours like we played yeah a game so. takes 30 minutes maybe if that yeah like I, I, once once you get it it takes probably 20 minutes for two people mm-hmm. and and you're taking your turns at the same time yes so you're and not so, waiting it's and then and it, it really is easy to learn. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for um, the Spiel des Jahres, too, which is the uh, game of the year. For 2020? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. So it was it was in contention, um, or it was a runner-up or whatever. But um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So, which, those, those games are typically ones that are approachable. Like Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. That one in 2006, so. Quacks. Quacks. So. King Domino. Exactly. Oh They're, my gosh. Kelsey and David love my city. Yeah. They should try that one. Because they've been all about. Some of our friends. They've been all about King Domino lately. So I think anyone who really likes King Domino. I really think that they'd like my city as well. Yeah. I agree. And it might be a good like next step too. Yeah. Because it, I think it might add a little. Maybe it starts not as complex or just as complex. But maybe. It grows grows a little bit more since you're doing the legacy aspect of it yeah so but that's my city i thought it was a lot of fun thank you secret santa still don't know who it was but you know yeah, i really really like it what was your favorite of the ones that we were we slotted out to talk about i, I was thinking my city as well oh okay good yeah it, that one and i know the other one that you're thinking of too but I don't know. That one just, it's it's got the perfect blend. And I think the fact that it's a legacy game helps. Because we've never gotten to play one, just us. And it's hard mm-hmm. to find good two-player ones. So, yeah. I'm going to say My City. Well, cool. What's your second favorite? <laughs> My second favorite of our new ones that we're talking about tonight is Meepleland. I would agree. Meepleland, 
which the other one we'll talk about, I will talk about where that one falls, but so what is Meeple Land? So Meeple Land is a tile placement game that is again similar to King Domino, but also to me more like Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. So when you're building this amusement park, you have pathways that you that are on each tile and you have to connect the pathways to each other. And these tiles might be one by one, they might be two by one, or they are four by four. Those are the only options. And then you have a green board where you're placing them. Do you know I don't remember what the grid how big the grid is. I don't either. It's pretty big though. It's pretty big because I know the there's another grid you can buy to add on to it. I think it's three by three. So it's probably like eight by eight or something like that. Six by six. I don't know. I think it's yeah, something. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's not crazy, you know, big. But it's fun because you're trying to collect a variety of attractions for your amusement park. So the the more variety you have, the more points you're going to get at the end of the game. So basically just don't repeat. Don't get repeating attractions because it's not going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. But well, it well, it could help with visitors. Like if you yeah, because on each attraction there are visitors. So like people that you will place into your park and they're different colors. Yeah. Do you have something to add? Well, no, I was just going to say with the repeating, I, the last game, which I won, I did repeat at least once or twice because I had visitors that I needed to place in those places. The past just lined it up and I needed those colors. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you have these, did you talk about the four colored meeples? I just said there were colors. I hadn't gone into the specifics of the colored meeples. Yeah. So there's there's blue, green, yellow, pink? Pink. Yeah. So those are the four colors. And basically two of these colors are going to show up at your park each round. And any anybody that didn't have a place in your park the round before is still going to stick around your entrance. And so when they're in your park, they're scoring you money, which you can use to buy attractions. And at the end of the game, they're going to score you points too. But if you leave them outside, then you're going to score negative points. And so you you want to have places to put them for the money and to avoid that penalty at the end of the game. That's all I was going to add. Yes, and you have to be careful because two of the colors are worth more negative points and positive points and positive too. points than the other two. Yeah, that's the first time we played. I didn't I didn't notice that until we were doing the scoring, and I had like none of the ones that were worth two points each. I only had like the one pointers, and I lost I lost by a pretty decent margin. And so the second game, I was targeting the the higher value the ones. Higher one, yeah, which that that could be why you might double up on attractions if you're really aiming for certain colors combinations. I still want to, I want to play to where I can get all 12 attractions. Oh yeah? Yes. It's bothering me. I've only gotten 10 attractions, both, both games. See, the first time I think I only got seven or eight. I noticed, we noticed one, one thing I liked about the game, sorry, this reminds me of what I was talking about. There's one attraction that I don't know if I marked the first game that I got it because it's 
small attraction. Mm-hmm, the fountain. Yeah, and in this game, there's the small attractions, which don't get you points except for the one fountain. Then there are the medium attractions, which they all do get you points. And then there are the large attractions, which all get you points. Well, I didn't know the fountain was a small one. You know, it was the first time we were playing. I was like, I don't know what it looked. I was like, I don't have this in my park, so I'm going to not check it out. But it's a small thing, so I might have missed it. But I like all the different size attractions. Oh, I do too. I think that that's kind of why it reminds me of King Domino. But then imagine different sizes. Because, you know, King Domino, they're all the same sizes. Yeah. Your tiles. This is like multi-different sizes. So it just adds another level. And even in Carcassonne, they're all the same sizes. So I feel like this game kind of combines Yeah. that idea. And then a completely new theme, obviously. Yeah, and I really like how the pathways are, they're, I mean, the different size tiles lend to where they can have a lot of flexibility with the pathways, too. Because in Carcassonne, the pathways are pretty, you know. Predictable. Yeah, but in this one, it's like, whoa, that one's going that way and that way and that way. Yeah. You know? And I I like how if you get yourself stuck, there's a way out, like, you can either opt to build another entrance. You can pay $3 to build another entrance, which basically allows you to add a new pathway into your park if you've kind of accidentally closed yourself off in some way, which could easily happen. Because you bought an extra entrance. I, yeah, I did last game. The for the second time we played. Yeah. It's funny because when we were learning the game and I, saw, I read the part about the extra entrance, I was like, why would you want to? And then when we played it, I was like, oh, I see why you would want to. Or why would you need to buy extra land? <laughs> That's true, too. And I ran out. I was like, I have nowhere to put this this big attraction. I have to buy another plot of land. Mm-hmm. So. But you don't want to bank on that because I feel like it's expensive. It is. It's nine freaking coins. and like You might only get 20 coins each round. Maybe. Yeah, if you're doing good. Yeah, so that would be, that'd be a... <laughs> be half right there and you haven't even put an attraction on it yet yeah some of these attractions are like eight dollars too eight i think there was one for nine last did we play last night yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun and it's not super complex i would say but it's i think yeah i would it's almost like if you've played king domino and if you've played carcassonne it's a good next yeah Maybe not even Carcassonne. I would say Carcassonne over King Domino, though, because you're not really, you don't really have to, like, connect patterns. It's connecting the path, like you do in uh, Carcassonne. Yeah. And so. Well, you're trying to get certain attractions next to each other, though. Oh, you're talking about, like, the bathroom next to. Mm -hmm. Because you have to have them, like, they have to be placed in certain ways next to each other. Like, some attractions require a bathroom. So you're constantly trying to figure out how you're going to place bathrooms in your park, knowing that you can't go back. And like, you know, you if you build another attraction that needs a bathroom and you didn't, you weren't able to connect it to your original, you're going to have to build another one. Yeah. And then the same thing with the gift shops and the food. food. Yeah, you're right. Because that's, that's what makes it so challenging. Yeah. No, other that than is... that, it sounds just like, oh, I just place these things, place these amusements around my park like yeah but every amusement has like a stipulation almost to it yeah it's like this one has to be connected to a bathroom 
or gift shop or a food place, like you said, and you, like you said, you build that and then you build another attraction next to it that maybe doesn't require it. And then you, you buy one that does require, and then it's like, oh, there's no way to connect this. I have to buy buy another one buy or another one. go move my land my plot add another plot of land and yeah make more and it's room. like oh well now i need to make more room and uh, yeah, yeah it's so fun <laughs> it is fun and meeple land was the one that i really wanted oh yeah that was one of your christmas was my gifts. gifts yeah so i know and that was new this year right mm-hmm. and it's a who makes it again blue orange that's it's the right. people that make king domino yes so but it's a fun one Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize they, they both make it. Yeah, Blue Orange Games. Yeah, but that's Meeple Land. Yes, definitely recommend that one, too. Yeah. It's fun. The, the one we played with your sister and your mom the other night. All right, it's when I, when I, this one's like number three on our list right now, right? Mm-hmm. And favorite, but... I would say it's it's a different circumstance because me and you can't play this game on our own. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you have to have at least three people to play. High Society. So High Society is a bidding game where you're trying to spend money to basically buy points, but the points are like, you know, lavish things like a a horse or I don't know. I can't even remember what some of them were. Yeah. The cards look so fancy, but like fancy, like 1800s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like avant-garde and eau de perfume. Eau de perfume? Something Something like like that. Champagne. That was one. Yeah. Champagne. You could buy that. (laughs) But so you're, you're bidding on money. So, you know, and all these cards have a number on them. So let's say champagne has a nine on it. So everybody's bidding on the nine card. That's nine points that they could get so i put down like two thousand and then michelle puts down three thousand and we go around like that and you you have to raise every time you know if you want to stay in you have to raise or you can pass and you're out for the round you don't lose any money that you bid but you you're not going to get any points what's neat is your money are these cards and you can't make change so if if in in the increments go like one two three five they i think they go one two three four five uh-huh. and then it starts going six eight, eight ten, ten twelve fifth no yeah fifteen twenty yeah. twenty five yeah. twenty five thousand is the highest right and so and they go in increments like that and once you spend once i spend my ten thousand dollar card it's gone i don't have any more or once I spend my $2,000 card, it's gone. I don't have any more. I can't just add a little bit if I want to. Yeah, you cannot. Because i that's the one thing I messed up. When we Like the very first round of the first game we played. I was like, oh, I'll just make change like this. And you're like, no, no, that you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this changes a lot. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the sticking points. The kicker in this game is at the end of the game, you go through this deck of cards buying, buying all the stuff. Whoever has the least amount of money remaining automatically loses. They don't get to count their score. And then everyone else counts their score and see who's, who wins. So you're trying to buy points, but you can't spend too much money or else you're not going to win. And 
so it's it's like this balance of I need to buy this but I can't because then I'm going to have less than them and it's all this and there are bad cards that come up that will That's what I was I was about to ask like how how like I know I know it's like it's different than another game but how did you like that part of it I I thought it I hated it because I spent $10,000 to not take a card. Right. Because some of these cards are called, cost you to, like, lose points. And we, we should say, too, the point cards are 1 to 10. Yeah, the point cards are 1 to 10. There are also cards that multiply your score by 2. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get those. Those are really good. And then there are bad cards that half your score that take a card away from you or to take five away or take five points away from your score at the end and so you might you might spend more money to not take a bad card than you would to take a good card yeah and that that's what happened to me i spent 10 grand to not take a bad card and it because in the what i don't know the the faux pas that was the one that it took away a card I didn't have any cards at the time, but the rules say if you get it and you don't have any cards, you have to keep it until you get a, and your next card you get, it's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yep. But, so, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We played with my mom and my sister. Yeah, and, you know, it was, it was fun. Your mom kind of, she spent all her money when she played, and so it was yeah. like, once she did that, it kind of... I'm not going to say it killed the game because, well, at the time she spent all her money. I only had like two points and you had nine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, crap. So Michelle is not worried about, all she has to do is keep a single cent and she's fine, you know? And so I was like, "Ah, it's a long shot at winning right now. (laughs) But, but yeah, I really liked it. It's a really good three to six player game i think is the and it's very light it's uh, i mean it's just cards that have money on them and then the cards that you're trying to earn that have the points yeah i think if you've if you've ever played for sale which is it's a game about buying houses and selling them this is this is just the buying but i feel like it has a little more edge to it yes you know like, i definitely think so like for sale i feel like the strategy is a little bit more f- straightforward this one's like kind of it's friendlier this one or for sale for sale is friendlier i feel like yeah. this one is more cutthroat Me, yeah 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 so you that's could, you could totally like make someone have to take the half the points yeah that's i i was telling matt i thought him and sarah's family would like this so yeah it's a good family game but maybe a little bit older older i don't know like not kids i would just say it's a good family game but not a good younger kid game right right that's the best way to explain it yeah but that was high society the last one we're going to talk about tonight is one from your past yes when i was growing up i used to play mastermind with my dad so i was we were talking about this on an older episode and zach found a deal think at target and uh this was one of my christmas presents for this year yeah and we played it i think christmas night 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like after... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did it after we Zoomed and everything. So yeah, Mastermind, two-player. What'd you think about it? Because you had never played it before. I'd never played it before, and it was... It was interesting. And I want to play it again. Basically, the Mastermind... You take turns being the Mastermind, and then you, you calculate score based on how the other person did. You pick a sequence of colors. Mm-hmm. Colored pegs. Colored pegs, and you pick them, and they're hidden from the other player. And the other player basically puts out a guess, and you have to say how many of those are right, how many of those are the right color but not in the right spot, and that's it. Um, and then based on that, they're going to make another guess, and so on and so forth. And so it was interesting how much you could deduce just from that mm-hmm. you know because the first time I was like man it's gonna be I don't know like ridiculous but you figure it out faster than you think yeah they, exactly right you figure it out faster than you think and I think I got lucky you yeah there's definitely one round where you got super lucky with your guess yeah because I, I guessed one thing and I'd, I think I'd guessed maybe another and then I was like okay well I need to figure out if this color's in there, and I, I did it, and I got, like, three out of the four yeah. or something. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> so I know. You yeah. know the colors. Now you just have to get the order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was something like that, yeah. It's so, this is such a good, like, logic puzzle game. Yeah. And that's been part of the reason I want it, too, is because I just want, I want to be able to play it with our kids, too. Yeah. Well, because you played it with your dad, I'm sure there's there's something there, too. You just it really makes you think about you know, I don't know. I think it's just good thinking exercise. No, it is. It definitely is. It's good deduction and that's there's another deduction game I wanna look at, um we've talked about before, the Planet X one. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever it comes back and stuff, that's gonna be something Because uh, I I love it. I do love deduction games. <laughs> and there's been some I've looked at before, but they're like most of them are like three player or more because you can't have hidden information or as soon as you figure out the other person's hidden information, the game's over, you know. It's... Yeah, and this game is specifically for only two people. Yeah. You can't you cannot play this with more. So I know the other game you're talking about, you can play with more than two people. Yeah. Cause do we have any other deduction? Clue. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um there's a there's another good deduction game that came out a few years ago called Cryptid where basically everybody's given a rule. It's one though that you have to have at least three players. So everybody's given a rule and you have like this it looks like Catan board and you say, "Well, I think the cryptid is here." You know, and basically you go around and this you you say, "Yes, that agrees with my rule" or "No, it doesn't." And the, the cool thing about it is there's only one spot on the board where everybody's rule agrees. And so you're trying to figure it out, and it's a big board and all that. And so, What about Stop Thief? Yeah, that's deduction, sort of. Yeah. That one's different because it's almost like hidden movement. I would say it's less deduction. Honestly. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, it's deduction, but it's sound-based. 
and you have to have your you have to have something that's gonna have the app. Well, yeah, and that's the the Planet X game that it yeah. runs on an app too. Okay. And so, and that's and there's another the game that um, people say it's it's like Mastermind with a with a cooperative space theme or whatever is um, Rising Five. It's basically there's a Mastermind sequence, mm-hmm. but at the same time you're having to go around and like put out different fires, right. kind of like Pandemic. Okay. Yeah. And it's yeah, like. Yeah. You know, go do this, and then it's like, okay, go make a guess at this. Okay, now we know this. Now we got to go fight these other things, and yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, I liked it. It was cool. I played again. It's quick, too. Yeah. Especially when you get lucky. Like, we played, we each played around uh, being the mastermind in, like, 20, 30 minutes. I would say 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was quick. 15, 20 minutes. I would agree. And, yeah, it's a fun one. And you can play with a little bit more trickery, too. I was reading, like, you can leave a blank instead of picking a color. Or a peg. Mm -hmm. You can leave a blank. So it's like another color added to the sequence. Yeah, I think I remember. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So would you think Mastermind would go in the categories of games as like chess or checkers or like abstract abstract strategy uh, I don't, just, or what are you trying to say I don't know just the way that I think of groups of games I mean I think it's like a classic game kind of like you know chess or backgammon or yeah. checkers something like that it's because it doesn't have a theme, really. Mm-mm. You know? So, I would say it's like an abstract deduction game. Yeah. Of course, it could be wrong. There could be a theme, and I don't know, but... I mean, I think, I, think, I think what you're saying is right. I just feel like I kind of mentally group it with... Those? Chess or checkers or backgammon. Well, you might, because it's from your childhood, too. Yeah, that's true. That's why I wanted to ask. You know, see how you, how you thought about how it. How I would group it. I mm-hmm. would, I group it in my mind as an old game. An old game. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, you know, I listened to several podcasts or whatever and they're, they're like, oh yeah, I grew up playing, you know, D&D and Mastermind and, you know, and then I played Axis and Allies or Cosmic Encounter. Because those are all games that came out like in the 70s and that really got people into board games, I guess. But, but yeah, those were, what, four of our new plays? Four of our new games? Yes, we are going to have another segment in our next episode with the other new games we've been playing. Yeah. So we can't wait to talk about those next. I mean, I, w- I wish we could right now, but I feel like we're trying to Keep these two reasonable lengths, even though we've been playing board games every single day for like two weeks. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> it's about to all end, sadly. Yeah, we're about to have to go back to work. But 2021, new year, you know? Yep, yep. And we've already got more games coming this week. I'm sure we'll play something next weekend. I hope so. We could play more My City during the week. Yeah, that's a good weekday game. I would think so 
well, this has been fun starting off 2021 with our first episode, I guess, of the year. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. We hope everybody is having a good beginning to 2021. Yes, and we hope you heard about some games that interested you that you may want to be adding to your collection or if you want to see anything about them you could follow us on instagram at a couple games.mz or feel free to email us if you have any questions thoughts anything that you want to add in segment ideas yeah segment that's a good one uh you could email us at a couple games 2014 at gmail.com and with that we're gonna bring episode 21 to a close join us again next episode for our part two yep can't wait but until then i'm zach and i'm michelle and this has been a couple games